Welcome to the Brett Hollenbeck Show, a podcast designed to empower music industry minds to thrive in all their endeavors. My name is Brett Hollenbeck, former Fortune 500 employee now in full pursuit of helping musicians succeed in chasing their dreams. Each week, I bring you exclusive, life-changing content designed to unlock all the mysteries of being successful in the music biz. Producing, engineering, performing, managing, publishing, and so much more. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's master the music industry. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode two of the Brett Hollenbeck Show. I couldn't be more excited about the show or the guests that have been on and will be on soon. We've got a strong lineup ahead, so stick around. Today's guest is one of the coolest people I know. She works at Warner. She started her own publishing company. She's releasing an album soon. And she's one of the hardest working people I know. She has an amazing story, and I know you're going to gain a lot of insights from what she shares here today. So get ready to learn a lot. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Here is Heather Gruber. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode because I have with me today one of the most kind and generous people I know. She's sweet and she's charming. Uh, She's the kind of person that I strive to be every day. And I think after hearing what she has to say today, you will absolutely agree. She is the wonderful Heather Gruber. Heather, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Definitely. Well, let's dive in. Heather, how would you describe what you do in the music industry? Wow, that's a good question. I, you know, I think the term wearing a lot of hats is a little overdone, but that's, I, in my day job, I do the desk thing and I I work in royalties and, you know, make sure that the big artists in the world are getting paid and, and, you know, my personal life, I'm creating music, I'm helping others create music, I'm just doing whatever I can so that my musical community can get where they want to go. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's cool to hear. Well, I remember uh, you and I went to Anderson University to get Anderson University together, and uh, one of the things that I remember you being really passionate about was music publishing, and it's really cool because now you actually work for uh, for Warner, and uh, you work in yeah. royalties. So, can you talk about why are you so passionate about music publishing? That's a great question. Um, actually, I had no idea what music publishing was until you know I took Becky Chapel's music business class um, first year of college, and really, I think. There were two things. First, all the money in the music industry is going towards music publishing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's pretty soon that's going to be the main way you make income. So that was obviously a drawing force. But, but then I realized that that was the uniting factor that allowed people to work together. And mm. it was the way that I could use my strength to really help other people with their dreams, as well as, you know, making mine come true is to just create a network and, you know, 
get people that are looking for music, the music they're looking for, and get people who have music, you know, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, in my opinion, you've had some really cool early success in your career in the publishing world. Uh, Like I said, you're working for Warner, which is just totally cool. They work with so many great artists. Um, Amazing. Yeah. What what have you done to become so successful so young? How did you get to where you are? Oh, wow. Honestly, um, a lot of crazy moves, I think. A lot of leaping leaping off of cliffs and hoping that a mattress appears at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... I think the main reason that I'm quote unquote successful right now is that I just worked my butt off for it. You know, I, I moved out to LA, LA with, with no plans, no job lined up. And mm. I applied to like a hundred jobs a day and I was an wow. unemployed for about six of the nine months, my first nine months here. And, wow. you know, just hustling from day to day and networking and meeting people and, yeah it's just it's there's no easy formula and to this day I still walk to work every day and I'm like how in the world did I land a job here (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I'm I'm working with some of the best and brightest in the industry and you know Grammy award winners walk through the door every other day and I just don't understand how I ended up there but I know I worked as hard as I could and just put myself out there yeah, and that's a really powerful statement. I love I love that story that six of the nine months that you know you were unemployed that 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 in itself is a powerful statement about who you are as a person and about your character. So what how when you have six months of applying to one hundred jobs a day and networking, I'm sure that is physically and emotionally exhausting. So how did you find the energy to keep going and to keep hustling, even when you might have been discouraged or been down or, you know, feeling like maybe maybe even a little doubt about moving um, moving to L.A.? That's a great question. Um, honestly, most, most of that time I was <laughs> curled up in the fetal position crying, you know, thinking, how in the world am I going to make this work? Um, yeah. And and you do reach a point where, where you have a lack of energy, where you have a lack of drive. And honestly, just getting to the point where survival is difficult. I was, I, I remember, I did a lot of background acting, because in LA you could do background acting and kind of make a daily income while you're trying to figure it out. Sure. And... I remember just not even knowing where my next paycheck was coming from and every day doing the calling services and every day waking up at six in the morning and just calling, hoping that some casting director would be like, yeah, come on to set or wow. <laughs> um, so that I could have a few dollars or sometimes I would do audience work. So you go um, to like a talk show and they pay you like $20 to sit in the audience. And I was like, yes, I have food for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it it gets to that point, and it really becomes about survival. And I took some jobs that that were torturous, and I 
I worked my butt off as personal assistants and I, you know, worked at a fashion company for a while and it was the worst mm. experience of my life. Oh, wow. And just becoming well-rounded and seeing, I think, the worst that any industry has to offer. A lot of, like you mentioned earlier in our phone call, creative minds that, that don't know how to do business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of the worst that life has to offer. But I think going through all that and seeing all that, it made me ever more focused on what I really wanted and what the dream was. And, um, so I would just, every day I did a lot of background acting around Warner. So there's the Warner Brothers studio lot and then across the street is Warner Music, which is my dream company. Mm. And I would sit at the Starbucks after acting and just look up at that building and just imagine myself walking into work and, you know, try <laughs> trying to meet people that worked there. I mean, I would hang out huh. in the courtyard and, like, hand out resumes. I got turned away by security because I asked to talk to someone in HR. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Wow, that is um, that I, is so cool. It was... It was definitely a story in perseverance, I guess. I yeah. I remember adding people on LinkedIn, asking them to help, but none of that got me in. None of that worked. Um, hmm. What worked was applying on the website for the thousandth time, and somehow they recognized me. <laughs> <laughs> somehow they, my application got through. Um, yeah. But I don't have the answers. That's my story. Yeah, that's no that, and that's such a beautiful story, and um, I think one that is just really inspirational in in so many ways. And I think persistence is something that is absolutely key for anyone that wants to do anything in the music industry, because we all know that nothing in the music industry comes easy. Um, maybe once in a while someone, someone catches a break and, you know, gets an easy step up, um, to a higher level. But then even when you're on that level, staying relevant and, uh, putting out new content that people want to hear and want to listen to, or, um, getting that next promotion, whatever it is there, it's still difficult. You still have to hustle and you still have to grind and you still have to know, like you said, exactly what it is that you want and stay focused on that. And so I just think it's yeah. so cool that you were able to do that. It's, and I'm I'm not there yet by any stretch. You know, I, I got my dream job for sure, but it's just the beginning of my career. And, you know, I'm, I'm making music constantly. I, I work over 40 hours a week and then I come home at night and I'm up recording until mm. midnight, you know? Yeah. Hustling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You gotta hustle. Yeah. So gotta hustle. So Heather, there's so many decisions I feel like every day that are presented to us. So many options for things that we can do. So yeah, uh, you go home and you're like, man, should I record music or should I um, should I go see this person perform or should I go out and network or should I, the, the list is endless, right? So how do you know when right. a decision that you're considering is the right one? How do you know what to choose, how to divvy up your time so that it's used in the best way? 
That is a great question because time is a very limited resource. It is. I remember <laughs> I remember very vividly a lesson that I learned in college. It was a triangle and um on one to the three corners there was schoolwork, friends and sleep slash health and you had to pick two. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that, but I disagree with it. I think that it's possible for a healthy balance of all three. Um, Interesting. But most most importantly, I think that in the music industry, they all tie together. Because you can't Mm. make good art without your health. And you can't do good work without your network and without your friends. And you can't build relationships without the work. It's just, it's all tied in together and you have to have a healthy balance so when I'm deciding what to do it I really just follow my gut you know I I value relationships above all else um so but but the right relationships (laughs) yeah that because there are a lot of toxic relationships out there and I've learned that more than Anything else being out in Los Angeles is that there are a lot of toxic relationships, and that has many different faces, but I'm talking about the relationships that feed your soul, that um, further your career, and then inspire you. Mm. Um, So I I think those are always worth investing in above all else. I think um, doing whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, to stay well, to keep your heart happy, that's important. And then as your heart is happy and your relationships are healthy, the art comes naturally, Hmm. which gives you something to work with and makes your work more fruitful. It just, so whatever your heart's feeling, you just got to go with your gut and do what's right at the moment, I think. Mm, Beautifully spoken. You said something there that, that I really admire and it's something that I'm working on and it's so difficult to figure out so I want to hear your advice on it how do you know when a relationship is toxic and some are obviously toxic but I think there's some that are kind of that gray area that you're like man this relationship I don't know that it's hurting me but but I don't know that it's benefiting me so how do you know is this a toxic relationship or is this you know a relationship that I want to pursue that is a great question a really great question. Um, I think it all boils down to if you are questioning it, it's probably not the healthiest relationship. Mm. Uh, I think the relationships that that you think about that person and you just grin from ear to ear or you're just excited about what they're doing or what you're doing together or, you know, you just you relate with their heart to people yeah. that you know are good relationships, those are the healthy relationships. That's what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. All the other stuff, like <laughs> all the people that are like, hey, let's go hang out, and it's empty. That's why Why would you invest your time in that? And it's, it's hard for me because I'm a people pleaser, and yeah. I've got a lot of people out here pulling at me yeah. for various reasons. And... um you know, you just have to learn to say no because I've had so many encounters where I've hung out with someone and it has just 
I've come back feeling like I wasted time. Mm. So there's that. And then you have to think about who you become around that person. Wow. I think the biggest sign of a toxic relationship is that you have worse qualities in yourself while you're with that person. Wow. Yeah. Like the, the most toxic relationships in my life have made me angry. They've made me um, selfish and uh, petty and manipulative. And, you know, when those things are brought out in you, run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get away. <laughs> yeah. Because we all have the potential to be completely evil and we need to be around the people that bring out the most beauty in us as possible. Wow. Yeah, so let's say someone listening is is thinking about this and they're like, man, I know some some of those toxic relationships. I have those. How do they get out of those? How do they without you know, without hurting feelings, or do you recommend I mean, do you just have to sometimes hurt feelings? How do they get out of those relationships and start finding the positive ones? Hmm, that's a great question. And I think I'm kind of in the middle of a lot of that. And I don't know if I have the right answer, but my approach has been to just distance myself and to be real, mm. to, to let these people know that, that I'm really busy right now. I'm at a very important turning point in my life. And, and that, you know, I, I, I need distance and I need my space and I, I'm really focusing on what's best for me right now. Sure. And a lot of that is hard, so yeah. hard, um, especially when they're persistent and when they're nice and when, and when you're like, when, when it hurts because they text you all the time and they're like, just thinking of you, just wanted to send you some love. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I'm still in the middle of a lot of that. Yeah. And <laughs> I think you, you hit on a really key point there is that just because someone is nice to you and and maybe even showing you love doesn't mean that that relationship is a healthy relationship that you want to pursue. And sometimes I think that's that's where people get it wrong. They're like, oh, this person is is being nice to me. I owe them my time and, and my friendliness because they've shown this to me. And I think a lot of times that's not actually the case you can identify in yourself, like you said, those things that are uh, that you just don't like to see, that you don't like that that person that you become when you're around them, and that's when you know, like, I need to find some new people to hang out with. And I've heard so many times that you'll only be as successful as your five closest friends, and I yes. think that to me is so powerful. So to to me, I'm looking around and who are those five people around me, and if they're not if they're not where I want to be in the next five years, I'm thinking, man, who else, who else can I find? Because that's a powerful statement. How do you spend your time and, and do the people you're around inspire you? Yes, <laughs> because we are, we are that network. We, we grow together and especially, you know, in our communities, like a lot of people say that in LA, the way you get successful is you build your community when everyone's starting fresh and you write together. Mm. And that's, 
it's just at the core of it. Like, if you're around people that are just sitting on their hands and they're saying they're doing stuff and they're going nowhere, that's how you're going to end up. Yeah. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because those people usually think they're doing something. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's really true. Hmm. Well, that that's a great... Those are all great points. And I want to kind of change gears a little bit because one of the the main reasons that I wanted to talk to you today is that I think you've done a lot of really cool things in the past couple of years and we've already demonstrated so much of of your story and and you know whether you agree with me or not I I admire a lot of characteristics in you and one of the coolest things about you in my opinion is your courage. I think it takes so much courage to come from uh, small town Tennessee, correct? <laughs> correct. Yeah, small town Tennessee, and move across the country to Los Angeles, California, w- with without family, without friends. I mean, you you moved a long way, and and that's a, that's a big decision, and that takes guts. So, how do you find the courage to pursue your dreams across the country or across the world? when you don't know what the future holds. You didn't know when you went out there that you were going to get this job at Warner. So how mm. how do you find that courage? That is a great question. And it has, I think, a multiple facets of answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> part of it is that I never, I never doubted it. Just mm. I knew that I was supposed to be here. And one of one of the things that I kept saying over and over again was, I'm going to be successful. It's just a matter of how and when. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't matter how many times I was going to be, you know, rejected or how many times I was going to fail or how many times I was going to mess up. I was going to keep working. I am going to keep working until dot, dot, dot. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, So there was that. And Kind of on the flip side, I spent about, let's see, August to December, August to January, um, before I moved out here at home. Mm. And I was in small town Tennessee. All my friends were like married, starting families. You know, I'm I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, McDonald's isn't even hiring. It's not a coffee shop downtown for me to play. Mm. a set in and I'm I'm going crazy. I was like going through our shed, you know, cleaning and having yard sales and baking and I I was depressed and I was miserable and it hit a point I kept trying to figure it out. I kept trying to get it out before I moved out to LA, you know, be smart about it, you know, trying to save up money. And my mom looked at me one night and she was like if you don't get that plane ticket right now, I'm going to buy it for you because I can't see you like this anymore. Mm. <laughs> and and it was it was so true. I was I was miserable and I I couldn't live that life. My life was already in Los Angeles and I was missing out on it. And um, I my faith kind of plays into that because I've I've felt called to be kind of a missionary in Hollywood. Um, yeah. I'm hesitant to say that this because I'm not a perfect human being. I feel, you know, completely adequate to that title, but Mm. 
um, I, there was no rejecting it. There was no, it wasn't a choice. It was me trying to ignore the fact that this is where I was supposed to be and, you know, just doing it. <laughs> I think the longer we sit and think about something, the less likely we are, less likely we are to do it. I love that. So what would you tell listeners who are wanting to, maybe they're, maybe they're in high school, maybe they're in college, maybe they're just working in the business world or in a different industry, but they really want to work in the music industry. They're just not really sure of their talent. They're not, they're not sure what they're called to do. They're not sure what they're passionate about. They just know they like music. Uh, what would you mm-hmm. recommend for those people? Should they just give up and you know just move on, or is there something that they can no. do? <laughs> Never give up. Um, my advice to them would be: if your heart is in it, and if you are passionate about music, whether you know what you want to do with it or not, just do it. You know. Yeah. Find ways to play. Find ways to be involved. Whether it's going to your local music theater and you know helping build stage sets, or you mm. know volunteering as a ticket person when concerts come through the area. Anything that you can do to be around music people, to be involved in the music making process, to be linked to any business that's related to music. If you start making those steps in those directions, those little baby steps will teach you how to walk in that direction. And you'll just, before you know it, you'll be like, how did I end up here? I didn't even hmm. know where I was trying to go. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely Follow agree. Follow your heart. I absolutely agree. I think that a lot of times we convince ourselves that we have these dreams, but that we're safe where we are and we, we feel really comfortable and we maybe even feel like we owe it to ourselves if, you know, if we're making a, a decent living doing something, even if it's not what we love, we feel like we have to stay there. And I just, I'm so convinced that the opposite is true, that if there's something that you love and if you feel discontent, that there's not nowhere else that you should be but pursuing that dream. And and trying to chase yeah. it with everything you have, uh, filling out 100 applications a day, like you said, going to the the Warner Building and passing out your resume. I, that that's what that's what true passion is. And before you know it, just as you stated, you'll look back and think, "Man, I I didn't realize this was where I was going, but I'm so glad that I took that first step because here I am." Yeah. And I think I kind of on a, on a point that you hit about, you know, staying in a comfortable position, I, I think contentment is the enemy of success. Mm. And I, I just, you know, started this job in December yeah. and I'm comfortable for the first time in two years. Wow. And I, I want that to really sink in because when I say comfortable, like I went through about two years Something like I was standing on like a seesaw, you know, just hmm. you know where the the core muscles of your being are like tight and nauseous and sick, and you feel like you can't find even ground to stand on. That yeah. type of emotionally exhausting discomfort 
that's what it takes. Wow. If, if you're not crying regularly, <laughs> you're too comfortable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well, Heather, one of my favorite things about you is the positive energy that I feel like you bring to everything that you're a part of. So why is that positive energy that you exude every day so important? I couldn't survive without it. I think hope is the driving force of humanity. And we just, I don't want to live in a world where I don't find beauty. I mm. i think it's really important. Um, and and I, I, I hear stuff like this a lot. And sometimes I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I've, I've really been trying to analyze it. And I think it's, I'm going to be TV and talk some Taylor Swift. But one of Taylor Swift's main kind of mantras is that enthusiasm will get you through anything. And hmm. I think positivity and hope and enthusiasm, they're all linked together, you know? If, yeah. I think being able to look at a situation and be like, I can do this, I can get through this, is the same as being able to look at a flower and be like, wow, that is beautiful. Did you see that flower? <laughs> <You know? laughs> really, really being thankful for life and appreciating every everything, even the failures. Because mm. it's, all, it's all beautiful. And there's, there's purpose to everything and there's beauty in everything. And yeah, I think until you, you see the true beauty and brokenness, you won't appreciate the beauty and everything else. Hmm. Wow. Very, very well said. Thank you for that answer. Um, <laughs> I know that you've been working really hard on writing music, and I think that I've read somewhere you're you're working on releasing an album, right? That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. All right. Well, that is so exciting. So can you talk about that? How's it going? Oh, yes. I <laughs> I feel like I'm in the middle of a hurricane right now, and that's so scary. <laughs> but <laughs> basically, um, I've been, I released an EP last year, and it went really well, and I got a lot of kind of very small-scale attention out here from it and picked up a manager really fast, and everything mm. started snowballing, and I ran away screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I think the core of my being, I'm scared of success. Little fun fact about me. Mm. So, um, I, I, I just, I stopped performing for a while and I, part of it was, you know, survival as well. And when it comes yeah. to a point where you're like, make music or eat, eating becomes very important. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put it down for a while and my, my soul was in such turmoil, you know, in some of the transition that, I couldn't even pick up my ukulele. I, mm. I couldn't sing. I couldn't. I tried every day, and I would just pick it up and strum it, and be like, "Why am I even trying?" And put it down. So mm. after after months of that, my song finally came back. I hmm. um, I started. You know, I, I remember so clearly one night sitting in my apartment and just singing, and I was like, "Whoa! I remember that I like doing this." <laughs> <laughs> And um, and it all just started coming back, and I started writing again. I, I'd been writing the whole time, you know, just singing little demos into my phone, writing. 
you know, significant thoughts and lyrics and stuff, but I just started sitting down and putting it all together and writing and writing and writing and writing and <laughs> writing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, it's, it's all been kind of coming together in my mind as I've been, I, I wrote a few and then I, I let some people hear them and I, I got kind of good feedback that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting them to say that it was trash. Because I'm I'm really nice to myself, and <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like okay, and I started putting it all together, and it, it became something much bigger than a few songs. It became kind of I don't know how to adequately say it at this point. I'm still formulating everything, but this next album is going to chronicle my first year in LA and everything that that encompasses from heartbreak to moral dilemmas to me realizing how awful of a person I am to, mm. you know, mistakes that I've made to victories that I've had to beautiful things that I've seen to crushing agony in my heart, you know, like yeah. all of it sometimes happening at the same time. And, um, so, this next album is going to be very significant for me as an artist, um, for me as a person, because I, I haven't processed through a lot of the stuff that's happened. Um, kind of a lot of trauma. I, I feel silly saying that, but it, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and my my goal with this album is that people will hear it and be able to receive slivers of, of comfort, of hope, of love, of, you know, all the feelings that I was desperate for during this transition, that somehow it will help people, you know, get through what I got through a little easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously, <laughs> I, you got me pumped and, and just really excited to, to hear what you're doing and whenever that release date is coming up we need to do another another episode and we can talk more in depth about the artist side of heather gruber because i feel like we've really been focusing a lot on the on the publishing side and uh, i just don't yeah. think that that just doesn't cover everything uh that you are and i, I want to definitely do you justice in that regard so um yeah let's stay in touch about that and uh definitely want to be a promoter for you and your music and and letting people know um that it's out there thank you i very much appreciate that i need we need to band together i need all the support that i can get you know yeah yeah absolutely and and nothing would make me happier than being able to help you out and and just share that art and with the same hope, just hoping that, that people can experience exactly what you're hoping they will with that, with that piece of art. Yeah. So nothing more exciting in my opinion. I agree. I've, I've been saying if, if I can help one person, if I can make one person feel better with this album, it's all worth it. Yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree. So Heather, do you have a morning routine or something that you like to do to start your day that contributes to a successful day or a successful career? Wow, that is a really great question. <laughs> um, I do, actually. It's 
I'd love to hear most about it. Most morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a most rather than all since I'm I'm not a morning person generally. I yeah. I like to run out of bed and throw some clothes on and you know run to the bus, but um, it kind of has two parts. One while I while I'm waking up, I I pray and I I just think about the things I'm thankful for because yeah. like I said earlier it's really important to focus on what's good in your life because yeah. um, I, I believe wholeheartedly in the law of attraction. And if you focus on the good things in your life, more good things will come your way. Yeah. Um, so I do that. And then I, I just do a little bit of light yoga and I, I feel like that sounds really fancy and people get intimidated by the word yoga, but just, you know, stretching my body, letting my, my body wake up while I'm, just like expressing gratitude and um, opening up my mind, you know, going through little m- mantras that I hear, you know, I have a little booklet that I've made of, of just good things to think about and wisdom and, you know, like just, just stuff that, that feeds your soul. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not like a, a long lengthy thing. It's probably like five to 10 minutes, you know, but yeah, just enough to get my my heart pumping and my my mind awake, and then I, I take the bus everywhere. So I do a lot of walking in the morning, and I just I walk and I I either listen to music. Usually, um, I'm in I'm in a writing process, so I'm usually listening to what I've written the night before and seeing what I think about it now that I slept a little bit. Um, <laughs> and just you know, I, I I like to start my day off with music because. I think it centers it back to yeah. what it's all about. Cause I spend all day working on spreadsheets with like, you know, I, I see these amazing songs that have changed the world and mm-hmm. they just become numbers to me. Yeah. So I think it's very important every morning to remember what it's about and how those songs make my heart feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with everything <laughs> that you just said there. I think gratitude is, one of the most transformative practices if if someone out there is just looking for what can i do five to ten minutes in the morning i think the best place to start is just focusing on those good things in your life that you're thankful for and and really expressing that gratitude and taking the time to to reground if you will and refocus on why you're passionate about what you're passionate about and why you do what you do that's it's key, and if you can initiate that as a part of, uh, like you said, not every morning, but as a part of most mornings, it's going to make a huge difference in your life and in who you are and, and the person that you become. Absolutely. And even, I, I'm, I feel like some people are probably even still intimidated by that, but even if while you're brushing your teeth or while you're getting ready, you just choose to think about those things while you're bustling through your routine, yeah. it will still change yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah, that is so true. That's a great point. Well, I know there's right. probably someone out there who is walking to work or listening while they drive who is interested in publishing, but they don't yeah. really know or understand how it could benefit them. Could you talk about why as an artist or as a musician working with a publisher can be beneficial? Absolutely. Um, 
working with a publisher, there, there are lots of different agreements and stuff, and, you know, there's nothing is a, a proven formula for everyone, but basically a publisher is going to help you get where you need to go. Um, they're like a manager for your songs. So if you're writing songs and you don't know what to do with them, having a partner that that has the network that can pitch these songs, that knows who to talk to and how to get them out, it's crucial, really, you know? Because um, publishing is, like I said at the beginning, publishing is where most of the money in the industry is from. And mm. working across the street from all these these big studios, like, every show out there needs music. Every, yeah. a lot of websites need music. All the movies need music. There's music in our restaurants and our, you know, everything. There's music everywhere. And there are so many places to plug it in that most people wouldn't even think of. But publishers, their job is to get it out there and to get it, in the hands of the right people who are looking for something to play. Interesting. So if I'm an artist and I want to have some of my work published, probably Warner is not the best place to start, but what steps can I take towards this process? Yes. Um, yeah, Warner would probably not be a great place to start. You would <laughs> be very, very low on the totem pole of their focus. Um, but I would say just find someone you trust. Um, I, I have a very, very small music publishing company that, you know, I work with three or four artists right now, and I just I really focus on their goals and their, you know, what they want with their music. Hmm. And, and I just, every time I meet someone, I'm thinking, how can this help this person? And so you need to find someone like that. There are tons of people out here who are their sole ambition is pitching to film or pitch to TV or, um, you know, I, I meet people all the time who are starting sitcoms and they're like, we need a theme song. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's important, especially for someone who doesn't live in Los Angeles to, to connect with someone that they trust, someone that most importantly believes in their music. Cause if your publisher does not believe in your music, you're just going to be sitting in their catalog gaining dust and you don't want to be there. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, just, I, I would just find someone you trust, um, someone who knows what they're talking about and someone who has the connections. And I know that that sounds very daunting. I can only imagine being um, someone who, who's very, very new in this process, hearing what I'm saying, but um just to see your research, do your homework, look up music publishers, call them, you know, send send your music out. The worst that could happen was is that they would never open it, you know? So yeah. what? <laughs> so yeah. you, you sent it, you tried. And if you if you find publishers who you like what they're doing, you know, get involved with them and see what could happen, you know, or, or try a small little company or try a pitching service. There are pitching services where you can just put your song on their website and pay like a yearly fee and they'll just pitch your music. And mm. that's non-exclusive. Some publishing agreements are exclusive and yeah. it, it's all about picking what's right for you. Yeah. So how, how do you know what's right for you? I guess 
it probably depends a lot on on where you are in your career but is there a resource or maybe you can just explain it now if it's easy enough but how how do you know what what resource would be the right one to pursue at any given stage that is a great question um i would be more apt to point them towards resources um there are lots of book out books out there like music publishing 101 um everything you need to know about sync licensing i i'm just like naming off things but that's great keep going um, <laughs> <laughs> there are resources such as that um but I, I think what it all boils down to is if you're a songwriter that's writing constantly and you know how to do a recording of it that's really important then i would say do a pitching service um because if, if you're making the product and you just need to get it out there, then go that way. But if you need someone to help shape you, to help guide you, to help you get the resources to record, to connect you with people, then I think you should probably stick to a more exclusive publishing path because, like I said, it's more of a manager. It's more of a relationship. When you go to an online service, it's very separated, mechanical, like you're just throwing your songs in the pile and seeing if anything fits. They're not shaping you. They're not they're not directing their networking towards furthering your music. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. So, uh, is there any other resource that you would recommend? I mean, it doesn't have to be something that you necessarily endorse, but just if people are curious and I can, I can put links up in the show notes, just if people want to do a little more research on uh, as far as maybe something that was more online instead of the in-person type publishing um that is a great question i um honestly i would just say ask the google ask the google <laughs> that's a great because point that's how i've learned that's how i've learned most of what i know about the music industry because there's so much beautiful free information online and people just don't for it, you know, if you go out there and you seek that information, it's there to find. You know, yeah. just go to Google and say, "Do I need a music publisher? What do music publishers do? How do I get involved in music publishing?" There will be answers. You know, things like CD yeah. Baby, they put out free articles all the time. They're amazing. Um, I follow Dotted Music Blog. They're awesome. You know, learning so much. YouTube videos. There are YouTube videos of panels with really successful people in the music industry just sharing their knowledge and mm. most people don't even look at them <laughs> yeah I, I honestly did not so, know that existed until this very moment so i've learned something tonight <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's, the more you fish the more bites you'll get mm. that's life advice people <laughs> <laughs> life advice with so. heather gruber um, <laughs> So, Heather, I want to kind of switch gears, and this is really my favorite part. Uh, what is becoming my favorite part? This is only episode two, so it's not like I've been doing this for a long time. But this is something that's really special to me, and, and I just want to ask you a few more questions um, that I really hold uh, dear to my heart and that I think really highlight 
the best of the best of you. So can you tell me what makes having a career in the music industry so special to you? I think there are a few facets. Um, first of all, just being able to be involved in the music making process and in the creation of art is amazing. Whether you're working on spreadsheets in an office or doing advertising, any part of that. I think it's just amazing to to be working for art. Mm. Um, but also, I just love the fact that I'm I'm working with with a product that potentially could could reach everyone in the world. Hmm. You know? Yeah. You can put a download up and someone in Ethiopia could download it. Yeah. And and you have the potential to change lives, to to give joy, to give hope, to give hope, you know, just through chords and these words and and working in the music industry allows you to just do that. To yeah. get it out there and to get behind something you really believe in and that touches your heart and let it touch other people's hearts. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, we talked a little bit about gratitude earlier and I, I want to put just kind of a, a fun little spin on that. And I want to ask you, <laughs> what in your life makes you smile right now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, lots of things. I um, I think the biggest thing that makes me smile right now are the relationships in my life. Um, my my real really close friends and my family just make me grin from ear to ear when I get those texts in the middle of the day. You know, encouraging me or saying I'm proud of you or um, comforting me when I'm having a really hard day. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me smile. Um, and just being able to live here, I, uh, looking up at the palm trees every day and walking around in the 70 degree weather and watching the sunset and hmm. sitting in my apartment that I have all to myself, because that doesn't happen in Los Angeles. No, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and being out in nature. I uh, I got the opportunity to go hiking this past weekend, and I just, I stood on a mountaintop and grinned from ear to ear, looking over my kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just like, really seeing everything around me, that's what makes me smile. The flowers, the trees, the people that I'm blessed to interact with from day to day, whether it be the security guard at work, or a really nice bus driver that's that's what makes me smile Mm -hmm. beautifully said so is there anything else that you would like to say that I didn't ask you or that you didn't get a chance to mention already I think I think I've said everything that's on my heart at the moment just anyone out there who's having a hard time just keep pushing because eventually he'll break down the wall. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Heather, I want to again <laughs> thank you for being my second guest on the show. It's uh, uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, That's absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's still new. It's still growing. Uh, probably won't release this for a couple weeks from now. But this time has been absolutely invaluable to me. Um, so thank, thank you very you. much. Yeah. I also... It's, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> I, I'm blessed at this opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. And I also want to take a moment just to acknowledge you for the courage to pick up and move across the country to follow your dreams and not just to do that, but to fill out 100 applications day after day and to go to the Warner Building and hand out your resume and to not give up when people told you no, but just to keep pushing. It's truly an inspiration to me and I hope to everyone out there listening as well. So thank you for being that light of positivity in the world. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Here I am. Oh, yeah. The, I, I truly mean that, though, and I and I hope you take that to heart, and I hope you feel encouraged by that because you're you're doing some amazing things out there, and uh, I say out there because I'm here in Central Indiana. Um, but I have <laughs> one, from here. It feels like out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I have one final question for you. There's probably okay. some listeners out there who look at the famous musicians, the people you get to work with a lot. They look at uh, maybe the famous engineers, the famous producers, the big publishing companies, and they just feel stuck. They think, man, I could, mm-hmm. I could never lead a life like that. I'm, I'm so far away from there. I'm never going to get there. But I think in a lot of ways, we tend to put the, the label of success on those people and on those those really famous um, figures in the music industry. But I want to know, to Heather Gruber, what is your definition of success in the music industry? Mm. <laughs> that is something that I've been trying to answer for myself. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I want to start by just saying that this... I, I see all of that fame and stuff from a different perspective now because I've seen extremely famous people completely broke, you know? Mm. Because just because you're on a TV show or just because you were in a movie as a child, you still might be struggling to pay living in the valley. Um, mm. And just, it's a hard life out here. It's really hard. And, just because you've got a hit single on the radio, you know, doesn't mean you're getting all that money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I think success in the music industry is the same formula as success in life. You know, just follow your heart, do what makes you happy, make the music that just flows out of your spirit, Um, connect with the people that, that make that make you a better person and, you know, just put yourself out there and be bold and let your light shine. It sounds so cheesy, but just like put yourself out there and be who you are. And if you're happy and you're well, then you're successful. Mm, Love it. 
Absolutely love it. Heather Gruber, everybody. You heard it here first, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Brett Hollenbeck, signing out. Deuces. Deuces. Well, it was such a privilege to interview Heather today. I hope you learned as much as I did from this episode. If you did enjoy this episode and you want to learn more about the things that we talked about or things that Heather mentioned, you can check out the show notes at brettholenbeck.com. That's brettholenbeck.com. Then you'll click on the podcast link and follow the link to episode two. You'll see a picture of Heather there. Click on that. That'll be all the show notes that we have and all the links from this episode. Thank you for tuning in today. It's you listening that make this show possible and keep me motivated to bring on high-quality guests. If you did love this episode, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with someone you know who you think might benefit from this information and from what we're trying to do here on this show, which is help people succeed in making money in the music industry. I had a blast with Heather Gruber today. Give her a shout-out on Twitter to thank her if you did as well. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher. You won't miss a thing. You won't want to miss a thing. Thanks again for tuning in, friends. Now go master the music industry.